Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 9. Traveling through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, a message titled, In the Hand of My Enemy. Verse 37, it says, Now it happened on the next day when they had come down from the mountain that a great multitude met them. So Jesus' popularity is obviously snowballing. And why? Well, because he's been healing people. And when you heal people and they're legitimately healed, and they tell their friends, and their friends who have diseases want to be healed too. And, and, and people who have heard him speak, and they've seen him cast out demons, they want to see that more. And then other people want to see people healed. And so pretty soon, you have this multitude of people who are following Jesus everywhere he goes. And, and now he's gone up on the hill, and he says, no, nobody else can come with us. We're going to go up here. And then they're coming down. And so the whole multitude is there waiting for him. And no doubt the multitude, as he's waiting up on the hill, has grown exponentially while they've been away. And it's wonderful, I mean, to realize Jesus did these miracles and, and he healed everyone who came to him and he cast out the demons and he cleansed the lepers. He did all those things. But we also have to realize that Jesus became a man. And because he limited himself to that, he had limits. Just like all of us, he had his limits. And there was only so much that he could do. You see that kind of throughout the Gospels as you see Jesus and the way he behaves and acts towards things. He gets weary, he gets tired, he weeps. He has emotional times and, and difficulties, that he, things he's struggling with. And, and even sleeping in the bottom of the boat when a great tempest is beating on them, they're better ready to die and he's asleep because he's so exhausted. And this is exactly why Jesus would take the three disciples and he would leave the multitude and go up on the mountain so that he could get away from everyone for a while and hear his father's voice and process the things that were coming and the things that were planned. And just to be able to get that moment where Jesus, even Jesus didn't have cell signal and he could get away from the people and focus on what's important, right? But now that they're recharged... They're ready to face the problems. And so as we go to retreat, and we get on some spiritual high where we've been away for a while and just connecting with God, and we don't ever want it to end, we don't do that so that it will never end. We do that so that we can be recharged, so that we are renewed to meet the challenges. And we've been meeting with God. It isn't so everything can go easy from now on. It's so that we can be equipped for what's next. And what is next? Verse 38, suddenly a man from the multitudes cried out saying, teacher, I implore you, look on my son for he is my only child. That's a big thing, his only child. Can you imagine having an only child in this condition? And behold, a spirit seizes him and he suddenly cries out and it convulses him. So it foams at the mouth and it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. 
And so while they were on retreat, the other ones were trying in vain to cast out a demon. And you can see these nine disciples standing there, you know, as Jesus is listening to the story and they're kind of looking at the ground, they're kicking the dirt like, we didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, we tried. It didn't work. And it's got to be a hard time, you know, Peter, James, and John looking on, on those other guys like, what is wrong with you guys? Because this isn't their first rodeo. This isn't something that's new to them. Remember in verses 1 and 2, it says he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. See that word all? Guess what that means in the Greek? All. Over all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And now, epic fail. They're trying to cast out the demon, and they can't. What is wrong here? Have you ever felt like that? Like a point in your life where God has been using you and you feel like everything's going wonderful and you're, you're just going with God and, and he, maybe he's even doing miracles in your life and you're seeing God do awesome things. And life happens. Life happens. You get busy or, or something tragic happens in your life or something changes and then all of a sudden you, it's like Ichabod. The glory's departed. Like, where did God go? What happened? Why is, why am I here? And then, and then you start to think about it and you're like, well, I know why. It's because I'm a loser. Because I'm, I, I'm sin, I'm a sinner on my, my mind. I'm always thinking about things I shouldn't be thinking about and, and sometimes doing things I shouldn't be doing and I know better and I yell at my kids and I scream at my wife or I, I, you know, I undermine my husband or, or whatever. And, and you're just like, I know why God's not talking to me. I know why God's not using me. It's because of me. And the enemy is right there and he's reinforcing every one of those things. He's saying, yeah, you are a loser. Yeah, you are no good. You, you have nothing. God, why would God even use you? Why are you even calling yourself a Christian? You're not worth it. You know what? It's better. Probably you should just end it all. And we listen to it. We listen to those lies. But we have to ask ourselves the question in those times when we feel like God isn't there. Did God save me because I was wonderful? He, he said, I'm coming into the world to save sinners. But that guy looks really worthy. He looks really like, I mean, he's yeah, sure he's a sinner, but he's not so bad. You know, there's some really bad sinners. I'm not going to save those people. I'm only going to save the really good ones. Is that what he came to do? Did he come to save you and find out who's going to be good enough? No, and I think that's why John Newton wrote the, the song that he did, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. Where's his self-esteem? He, he had exactly the esteem he needed to about himself. He knew exactly who he was. Let no one think more highly than, of themselves than they ought to, but think soberly. And John Newton had a sober view of himself. I am a wretch. I am, man, my heart is wicked. And if you read his biography, you would know why he'd say that. But if you look at your thought life or you look at your life, you would say, okay, I guess I could say the same thing about myself. I'm a wretch deep down inside. I have a wicked heart. I'm bitter and envious and, and maligning sometimes. And I don't want to be like that. No, he saved me because I am wretched, because I was a loser, and because I was a failure. And that's why I needed to be saved. If somebody isn't drowning, do they need to be saved? No. But when we're drowning in our sin and our wretchedness, Jesus reaches out and saves it. And that's why it's such an important thing that we admit as Christians, or before we're Christians, that we are a sinner and that we need saved. 
you know, to acknowledge I am a sinner, to acknowledge, yeah, I have fallen short of God's glory. Yeah, I am not worthy. And when we are willing to acknowledge our sin before God and say, God, I'm a sinner and I need salvation, then we come to God and and He shows us, look, I sent my Son. I, I became I became a man and died on the cross for your sins so that you could be saved. And it is Jesus who did that for us. And so when I start to get on this spiritual trip or is woe is me or poor me, I'm just a worm trip, I need to remember that Jesus is the reason that God accepts me, not me. It was His performance, His sacrifice, His perfection, not mine. And if God is willing to give His only Son up for us all, how will He not in Him freely give us all good things? That's what it says in the, in the book of Romans chapter 8. And so I find myself in a very dangerous place if I forget that my right standing before the Father is because of Jesus. It's never because of my performance. And yet I see so many Christians who go through those throes of thinking, well, I haven't been very good and I haven't been very faithful and I haven't been going to church and I haven't been reading my Bible and I haven't been doing these things. And so they kind of shrink back and I know why God's not blessing me and they think it's because of their behavior. You're not an employee, you're a son, you're a daughter. And, and then there's the opposite. There's like, well, I've been doing those things. I've been going to church. I've been, so God owes me something. You're not an employee. You're a son and daughter. And there's a difference between being accepted, which every son and daughter is accepted, right? Every son and daughter is accepted. But there's a difference between accepted and well-pleasing. I have six kids. They're all accepted. But they're not always all well-pleasing. Sometimes they need a licking, right? We'll just leave it at that. But I, I always accept them. I always love them. There's nothing in me that's keeping those children from me. It's always them keeping themselves from me. Why? Well, because they burned something up or they, they punched somebody or they said a bad word or they, you know, whatever. And then when, they're, when it's like dad's coming home, they don't want to see me because I'm going to deal with them. But my whole point in dealing with them is not to push them away or send them down the road. My whole point in dealing with them is to bring them back into right relationship, right? And so too it is with God. He loves us. And when he comes to us, he wants us to acknowledge that he is what we need, that he is sufficient. And it's not about us. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, Call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.